1: Welcome to the ATP, which is going to be like a sped up version to finish in like 15 minutes, which as we know with people as talkative as me or Mario, this is pretty hard usually. Uh, but well, um, sorry for the technical uh, difficulties, I'll be joining in on my phone, but of course today we're going to manage this easily. Mario, the Australian Open has just finished, you know. <laughs> what are your sort of first thoughts regarding the, the ATP side of the game, of course? And um, yeah, of course, we got a maiden Grand Slam champion, which is always a big opportunity, a big occasion.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely, uh, we haven't missed the drama at <laughs> this Australian Open uh, uh, record time for most, uh, the, for Slam with most five setters <laughs> uh, in in the Open era, um, with thirty five matches going to five sets, and yeah, of course, also a big story because we have. Uh, a new Grand Slam champion, which is uh, not really, you know, surprising considering how uh, he, in how big form he, he has been since basically post-Wimbledon, even more since post-US Open. Um, yeah, definitely... Uh, Good, very good stuff because uh, uh beating Djokovic and Medvedev back to back, which were finalists at, for example, the US Open. Even you know, yeah, there have been different circumstances. Djokovic didn't play a great match, um, Medvedev did for, for, for the first two sets, especially because he he was very, very aggressive. He surprised Sinner, which maybe also, you know, first Grand Slam final, he wasn't really ready to um, adjust his tactic, uh, you know, right away. Uh, But yeah... (sighs) really really nice story the cherry on the cake after a fantastic period winning a lot of matches against top five opponents and a lot of matches in general because he's 27 and two uh, since the post us open uh, and backing up the great way to to end last year with with a grand slam title I don't think that we can we can really hope for for something better in in tennis so really you know Mm. Nice run, nice everything good from for, for from Tina's perspective.
1: Um, yeah, let's maybe start talking about Sinner indeed, and um, sort of the way maybe he handled the opportunity, the occasion, the pressure, the expectations. Because well, the first two sets weren't that great in this regard, right? I mean, he gets really flammoxed by whatever Medvedev is throwing at him. So how, so how how much of the next three sets was just Medvedev? Being unable to execute that game plan anymore because he just didn't have the legs. Obviously, he basically didn't have the legs from the get go, and that's why he played like this in the first place. Or how much was actually just Yannick sort of settling into the match and eventually actually coming out on top as well mentally? Because, well, the last three sets, I would say that he, he did very well to like stop himself from overhitting, stop himself from going up for the lines, which was basically something that uh, I guess he was doing very well the entire fortnight that um, he sort of didn't really take that much unnecessary risk. Like, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't peeking out of his mind. He wasn't just painting a line after line. He was actually sort of playing at a level and, let's say, approach that was very sustainable for him. And uh, I guess when the opponent was really tired later on, when maybe it was, uh, you know, it says four four and five, um, basically stopped giving him as much pressure on serve maybe as well because a few... um, kilometers an hour, let's say, were lost there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, that was sort of the approach that he had to come up with. And I guess it's still a pretty good mental effort to, to actually be able to pull this off with while having no margin for error. Because like still he was zero and two down in a grandstand point like, regardless of uh, yeah. you know how tired Medvedev was and regardless of how the match sort of went from there. I think after the first two sets to be sort of so confused at first and then slowly work his way into the match. It's still a big mental achievement
0: right yeah i honestly um about the pressure i think um maybe it wasn't even feeling that much in really the first you know two two games but after it got broken and medvedev was playing so well and then it became um, difficult to um you know also to hand uh, to handle the aggression uh, that uh, you know daniel was was putting in and so maybe after the first two three games after the break we you know he started feeling uh, the pressure of needing uh, to 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 try something to to escape from from the aggression from Medvedev and he wasn't really able to do it, uh, but honestly yes, and I also give a lot of importance of the, the couple of games he won in the second set uh, after falling down one five, uh, he he got one break and he also had an opportunity to get uh, you know even the second break when Medvedev was serving for uh, for the set up five three. Uh, so um, you know, it was at the beginning more or less a horror set, down one five, and Medvedev serving for easily going to to love up, and then he still went uh, to love up, but after uh, still having to to suffer and to to conquer that second set, uh, and that, in my opinion, has been important. Also, Sinner uh, has tried. Uh, um, you know, also feeling a little bit this fact that Medvedev was uh should have been tired as the matches as the match uh, would would go on, and for example, he's starting uh, staying not much closer to the baseline on the second serve because it was a tactic that it wasn't playing uh it wasn't playing well. Um, and so yeah, I feel like uh starting from that one five point on the second set, um. He he started finding his groove and he started believing that uh, things could have gone well and also that third set in when he's been uh, able even for example to to get out of that game at for all when when he went to deuce um, yeah then basically after going winning the third set then it's been a very very good good match in the, the last couple of sets also exploiting all of uh, Medvedev. Tiredness by uh, you know also as you were mentioning the uh, that aggression but without maybe risking that much so avoiding uh, to 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 give some some too much too many free points. And um, so, yeah, it's been, I would say, a mature performance overall, especially after he fell off two uh, sets to, set to love down. Uh, despite Medvedev's tiredness, uh, it still took a lot of mental effort to, to stay in it, of course.
1: Yeah, and I guess, you know, right now, I mean, this was the first time of the year, obviously January. So we kind of have to talk about like expectations for the rest of the season, you know, where does Singer go from here? And um, I think uh, after the last two or three months of 2022 to 2023 now we have a serious argument that like since puking into that uh, amazing bean, janik Sinner has basically been the best player in the world and i guess that there's no real way to even uh speak against a, a trend like this i mean he is three and one in the head to head uh, against djokovic since and he's won the biggest title since so basically um yeah i guess i just as some uh, the reality that we live in right now, so yeah, what are we expecting from him next? And you know, how much of a well, I, no, it's it, it's not going to be a flash in the pan. I'm just, I'm just sort of asking, um, yeah, whether your expectations for sinner now are to be just straight up on top of the sport alongside Djokovic, maybe alongside Alcaraz as well, or is, um, you know, is this a bit more accidental than maybe, uh, maybe it seems whatever
0: your opinion is well i think that he i i think he he demonstrated that uh, he else he has also um, the mentality and i'm not talking uh, you know especially on the court but also off the court with the, you know his his work ethic uh, his being focused on what he needs to improve even how he talked after after winning the slam um i feel like he he should have you know what it takes to to still be to still be at the top i don't know i feel like um of course um you know <laughs> of course it will be difficult to repeat for example the the slam victory uh, this year already for example so i'm expecting him to stay competitive and to to keep uh, winning, of course, he, he cannot uh, keep going winning, you know, 10 out of 11 matches against the top five opposition because nobody has uh, done this throughout his world career in the history, uh, but still having some some big wins and maybe winning also a master event this year. Uh, so adding with another, another important trophy, maybe also being, uh, let's say that he did this on the hardcourts, uh, and maybe you know, also getting a big win on another surface, uh or something like that. I feel like he he should have what it takes, con- considering the rest of the season to to stay up there. I feel like you know his goal right now, given also the ranking, should be um, you know believing that at this point he can he can keep going. And I don't know how much higher he he can he can he will go but i feel like at this point he 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 can try to to get higher and to even maybe surpass for some weeks if not you know for for the whole seasons some of his rivals who, who defend maybe uh, also even more than him in the in the first half of the of the year but i would say that probably a goal can can also be uh, try to be as competitive as them also on the other surfaces which maybe he still hasn't you know proven uh, if we have to to still you know find something else to prove for him
1: yeah i mean i, I think it's been a pretty nice story of like hard working progress because it's rare and i think we talked about it when um we were talking about the coach of the year nomination for example that it's very rare that we can see progress so like visibly in a player and and this this rise kind of feels extremely earned like it's definitely not something that is just random and uh, sort of uh, someone has a two or three month period when they are peaking this just really feels like this is his regular level this, this is literally where he's um i don't want to say b game but this is where his very good version is at the moment like it's still not you know some yeah again he's not peeking out of his mind he's not finding the lines with all of his shots so i do think this is very repeatable um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that if he doesn't win a slam from here this year, it's a fail. Definitely not. Um, anytime someone wins the Australian Open, the number one talk sort of pops up because obviously you have yeah. a head start there. But again, there's there's not much pressure on him to get it this year or um, well, maybe in the future, maybe yes, but this year I don't think there's that much pressure on him to do it anyway. Yeah, maybe if he doesn't win like a, an ATP thousand title from here, that would be a disappointing. Uh, well, not, still not a disappointing season. Because if you win a slam, it's never a disappointing season. But uh, I guess maybe uh, if he didn't win an 83,000 from here, uh, that would be a little surprising. That would be like a bit of a... Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we'll see how how he handles himself by the Australian Open because then the points will drop. But um, yeah, I'm still expecting big stuff. He definitely has sort of established himself next to the other two best players for now. And um, yeah, maybe let's just move on to, to Daniel Medvedev who um well let's start with maybe this one thing I'm very excited to see if that tournament uh sort of makes Medvedev play a little different overall as well. And for the record, I'm not saying that the guy should be um let's say uh rushing as he was in the first two sets of the final or maybe standing as close to the baseline as he was in the last three sets against Veref all the time. I'm just saying it would be nice to for, for him to have this as like a pretty permanent fixture in his game in terms of just being an option. Of course, not, not, not yeah. an every match. It's not something that he will want to do every match. There are defi- there's definitely going to be opponents or specific situations in matches when he's sort of more natural feel for it is much better. I'm just saying that it would be cool for him to, to have this as something that he can sort of go for, something as a tool in his arsenal. And uh, we remember some matches when basically he was trying to, step into the baseline. He was trying to stand closer to the baseline in order to counteract the opponent who was, for example, like seven bowling against him so yeah. frequently and easily, like Alcaraz, uh, like Djokovic at the US Open Final as well. But when he did that, he usually like, wouldn't even get his racket on the ball. He would not, he would not be able to make clean contact. And here, Medverev actually, in a, in a few matches, managed, was managing to pull this off. I don't know if this is something that he worked on during the offseason, but I do hope that this run makes him a bit of a more complete player from now on. And I'm I'm for example really excited to see his next match against Alcaraz and how he approaches that tactically.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I I absolutely agree. I feel like uh, this has been overall a good run. And even the final loss, it feels, uh, you know, a good run, especially in the end. I mean, we if we consider the first couple of matches, of course, he could have, you know, suffered uh, less. Uh, also, you know, physically spend maybe less time on the court. But, uh, you know, given the situation that he found himself Uh, in after the first week. He he overall did a very, very good second week. And this final loss feels, in my eyes, very different. Uh, And I think in everyone's eyes, very different from the one he suffered in 2022. Uh, Here, you know, we kind of needed that he he could have suffered at the long distance. So when he didn't really close... He, he, let's say, in set three, or even when Sinner uh, conceded that that breakpoint in the fourth set, and then Sinner himself saved it with an ace, so it wasn't really a big opportunity for Medvedev. But after that point, uh, it kind of started feeling that there was not, not really chance anymore, uh, given, you know, also all the time he spent on the court and how things were, were starting to play out. So I, you know, I'm considered this, uh, you know, in a way, a little bit less disappointing, um, even if of course nobody's happy to you know <laughs> to lose a slam final, especially if you at some point you find yourself two sets to love up. Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree that he he needed also to to try to find something else. Uh, new things to, to offer on the court in some kind of matchups that can can be for him really uncomfortable. For example, let's say that even, you know, a, a matchup against Sinner, uh, even in the future, working on something different, um, but it's been, um, you know, a, you still kind of ask yourself if he did it because he was in um in physical trouble, even for example against Urkac when he he was closer um, closer to the baseline, even on return. But I I I feel like he he really needs to uh, to hide this kind of of adjustment, and especially in big matches. Uh, even if not only because in this tournament he struggled more or less everywhere, um, but especially in big matches because you know. Um, yeah, he reached six finals of Grand Slam, so definitely his game is a game that, you know, pays. Uh, but maybe can can pay even more because in the end, even if, you know, often five five times out of six facing Djokovic and Nadal, but still, um, you know, maybe with some something more, some, you know, some improvements, even technical, in this uh, having more options can really help him to try to to get this the second slam. That at this point, given in how many finals he's been, uh, he it kind of feel you know it, it kind of feel fair, even if we don't know if it's going to happen. But uh, still, maybe these improvement, these tactic improvements can can help him if he starts using this these things a little bit more often, even you know comparing, considering who's his opponent or something like this. So, yeah, I, I agree that we've seen some nice things.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, basically, uh, I was just laughing at that sentence because he said that basically he struggled in every match or something like that. And, of course, the guy actually made the finals. <laughs> I finished running it up, which is pretty funny. But, yeah, maybe, maybe in another reality, maybe in another slam run, he actually conserves more energy as well. And he manages to, um, yeah, to have more left in the final. Then maybe he doesn't come out and doesn't like fluster in there this match with the first two sets. So of course everything like any any minor change that we could have along the way to the final, it could influence the final as well. So obviously there's no real way like, to look at this like that. But but yeah, one five finals record and two matches in it blown from two sets to love up. I think the 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 one against Nadal in at the Australian Open. Two years ago, of course, was was definitely the one that's you can actually like find moments when Daniel was very close to winning it. You can find moments and and sort of opportunities that you can blame him for here, given his physical state going into the final. I do think that we can give him a pass for that. But that question that that was on the on the screen just a second ago, that question in the poll, it, it actually is real, all right? I mean, at this stage, you kind of have to ask whether Medvedev will win another slam or not. It, there are some issues, like, for example, well, basically, just like his entire generation, so Rublev, Zverev, Tsitsipas, he's been stuck in that sort of middle ground between the big three and yeah. the next gen. And, of course, the big three for a while, right now it's only Djokovic, really. I mean, maybe Nadal turns it on, and maybe also he's back in the, in the race for slams at Garros. But let's say for now even it's just Djokovic obviously Djokovic is the goat, and then also you've got these two, at least two next-gen players who basically have a stronger upside than all of these guys. Of course, they're still still all sort of like learning their games, the tour, the experience, so it's not that obvious yet. But when you put these guys like Rublev, Sverev, Tsitsipas, or even Medvedev, who's obviously the closest to all of them, if you put them against Sinner and Alcaraz in a couple of years, for example, their chances only really decrease with every season. That's what it seems. So um, it is a real it is a real thing. Um, maybe the draw opens up for him or something. But you know, here the draw I guess opened up. He didn't have to face um, yeah. um, He didn't have to face Alcaraz or Sinner or Djokovic until the final, and he still spent twenty hours on court getting to that final, which yeah, definitely it's um, if not ruin his chances in the final, it definitely changed the way that. Uh, they both had to approach the matchup and change the dynamics of how this was going to be played out. So um, I mean, yeah, it is a real possibility. And maybe let's just ask for your take on on whether Medvedev is, you know, guaranteed to win a slam from here or not. Because honestly, one more thing that I'll say is that if he only ends up at one slam, like we we'll probably have, you know, a lot of moments to point out or a lot of maybe issues with his approach or his attitude in some of these matches to uh, to nitpick. But it wouldn't feel right. I mean, he's just way too good for only having one sometimes.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. There are some, you know, worrying signs, for example, despite, you know, all the tiredness that we may mention in the final against Sinner, but for sure, for example, this matchup has changed a lot uh, over the course of the past 52 weeks. For example, uh, one year ago, you know, Medvedev, uh, it was the kind of matchup for him in where he he was just uh, he just had to play his game uh, to to do what he was comfortable uh, at <laughs> uh, and he would have kept winning winning the rallies and you know right now even if we don't want to mention you know this Australian open final but we can go back in Turin we can go back at uh, the the final in Vienna it's not like you know sinner just had to uh, to change his game completely the Beijing final in the end has been just one one moment one match and then in, we're we're kind of being back to let's say to, to the normality in this matchup but things have still changed um, yeah, I I agree that you know a guy, especially on the Harcourt, a guy who, who who reaches six finals, uh, and there are not many above him, you know, in terms of how how many finals, Grand Slam finals they have reached on this surface above across you know the Australian Open and uh, and the U.S. Open, and for sure it it would feel fair for him to to get a second one. Uh, but for sure, he has something to uh, to work on, because in in the end, yeah, you you're also right in mentioning that the draw hasn't been that harsh on him. Uh, but he he still had to 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 spend a lot. So um, from one side, we can in some way praise also the the, the mental strength he had until you know also the semi final and the, that second round when at you know around one a.m. he was two sets to love down. Uh, and then he, he managed in some way to, to come back. Also, the way he snatched the the fifth set against Turkac when he was not feeling uh, well f- physically anymore. But in, s- in some way, there are also some, you know, some worrying signs, uh, if you if you consider the, the big picture. Also, uh, if we, you know, this was the first time at and Sinner uh, were meeting at the Grand Slam. But if you think about this kind of matchup, in a couple of years ago, for example, would have been sinner to struggle more during the first week to lose some energies, and then to uh, uh, and right now, you know, Medvedev has to be more careful, even even in in this to to try to you know uh, avoid all the you know the, the struggles he he had in these couple of weeks, because then you can you can go to the final. Uh, and things can can become very very uncomfortable if you have to face a player um, a player like Yannick or Carlos. If if we don't even want to mention Djokovic, for example. 18 plus.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Matthew. That um, both mostly the the damage by Novak has already been done to Djokovic. Like, uh, sorry, to to Medvedev. Like the damage by, done by uh, done to Medvedev by Djokovic has mostly already been done. It's like an issue that's going to be a non-issue in two years, maybe, or maybe even for earlier. I think probably later. We're also going to talk about that. But um, what I'm trying to say is that well, it's not going to be the expectation that he beats Cinerary Alcaraz because you say that he can beat them. And yeah, I mean, sure, he absolutely can. But anytime he plays Cinerary Alcaraz at a hardcore slam right now, he's not going to be a favorite. Like, it's going like, to be like a U.S. Open last year where you're like, oh, okay, so Medvedev is a little too good to, like, be written off completely. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of is a pretty big underdog in this match.
0: Yeah, and maybe um, he would have mm-hmm. to beat them back to back, for example. Mm, that's you know. the
1: extreme. Yeah, that's the extreme possibility, which seems then very unrealistic. But even one win, like he's, it's never going to be the expectation. So let's say that in order to to get that done, he would have to secure, let's say, like four chances in order to get it done one more time, which isn't obvious. But then again, of course, he he did reach five of the last seven. Grand Slam finals on hard courts, which is like pretty massive. I also would like to point out that whenever Medvedev can't do it, then we get all these random Slam hard finalists, right? Yeah. Because it gets, and I'm counting Tsitsipas in this. I'm counting Tsitsipas in this because Medvedev wasn't around. Tsitsipas was allowed to reach a Grand Slam yeah. hard. Casper good of course, is a very uh, different case, but I'm even counting Stefanos Tsitsipas in it, which is a little controversial. But anyway, um, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that um, it is a possibility. If he keeps reaching, like, five more finals, yeah, hopefully he takes one. I don't know if he will, but hopefully this consistency will remain with him. And also, the uh, obviously, Medvedev is not that old. I mean, we're, we're, we're sometimes talking about him as if he's, like, another jogger. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like he's been around forever, you know, but, but obviously he still has a lot of time there's still plenty of opportunity for Sinner Alcaraz, maybe Runa if he joins them in the future, to just have a slum where all of them, you know, fail, or maybe there's just one that you have to go through. And uh, yeah, then of course Medvedev will be very much in the conversation. He's definitely the closest in terms of upside yeah. to these two guys or these three guys than the rest of his generation. But I think there's still one more player, and let's talk about him now, in fact, who is also very close just in terms of like, Tennis quality. That player I'm thinking of is Alexander Zverev from that generation. But the the, the main problem is that Alexander Zverev. I mean, he's he's kind of wasted a few chances already, and I mean mentally, he's yeah. I mean, he, he's not really showing you that he's gonna get there. And uh, we might, you know, go on go on about the uh, Medvedev improvements in the last three sets against Zverev, how he was self bottom. He definitely was. How he, again, stepped up into the court and uh, played a very different version of his game. But still, I mean, all of this event, we saw Alexander very struggling with mostly himself, frankly. And, okay, yeah. Lucas Klein was playing some same tennis in the second round. I don't know if he, have, he ever really, uh, like, would be able to come up with something different there just because he was on the back foot a lot. So, okay, that, that's fine. But, like, against Kam of course, the fifth set where he, like, is so passive again and just hopes that Nori is going to beat himself, which he kind of does in the fifth set tiebreak. Then, of course, we have that uh, Alcaraz uh, match, which basically until like five, he could have been, you know, not disregarding how horrific Alcaraz was. It could have been like a straight up perfect spare performance start to finish. Yep. He deserves a lot of credit for pulling for pulling through anyway in the fourth set, I think, especially from three, four down. Again, starting to hit through his uh, forehand, which of course he's not that confident in generally and he deserves a ton of credit for that. But the problem is that, uh, well, these issues still happened, and they were sort of, of course, um, maybe showing us that later on, he might not be trustworthy in a spot like this, and he definitely wasn't in the semifinals. So uh, I guess for him, it's even more worrying right now, because, uh, well, it's, it's really been a few major chances, and obviously two, for the most part, the, the final against team, but, but even here, I mean, he had such a wonderful opportunity to just close out Medvedev in about three sets, yeah, or even four sets, and be in much better physical shape for the final than Medvedev would have been.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh let's say that you know, despite despite Medvedev uh, losing the final from two sets up, you know, he gave us during this fortnight uh good signs mentally. Um Zverev, it's kind of you know it's kind of the opposite because you have this the match he played against Alcaraz which yeah we we still can talk about the third set but overall uh, it's been it's been a very good performance overall uh, and so let's say that he gave us kind of a good answer uh, from from a tennis point of view but he has to be for, first of all most cons- um, you know more consistent in producing that kind of tennis uh, and also yeah mentally because a lot of time also this change in attitude on the court uh, from staying more aggressive and suddenly you know becoming again super passive uh he's definitely costing him because uh you know also um, with all the struggles he he has with the forehand and uh, even more when he has time to think about eating it, and uh, when when he goes for it, when he's brave enough to to still try to uh, to strike with it, he 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 still makes some, some mistakes, you know that's for sure. But uh, he produces some very very better things uh, with uh, um, compared with uh, you know when his approach is conservative. Um yeah, it feels like really, you know, really a wasted opportunity for him because, um, you know, if we if we think about um, Medvedev, for example, um, you know, already five uh, slam finals before this tournament. And even if he loses the semifinal, you think about the US Open and you are like, again, OK, why not? You know, uh, for Zvere, I feel like, you know, only one slam final he's. Uh, 26. Which, of course, yes, yes, time ahead of him. That's for sure. But, you know, uh, comparing also to what other players were. Uh, you know, also um, promising and even less. For example, Medvedev. Uh, you know, if you go back to to five, six years ago, he was um, he was not as promising as as Zverev was. You, and in the end, uh, you know, he has not been able to to go through that that much at Slam tournaments. In yeah, that final against him, which was of course a very very big chance. That's for sure to win one. Uh, but after that, probably this one has been, you know, his, his biggest opportunity if we, you know, just cut off the French Open in 2022, which there was that close semi-final against Nadal, and we never know what would have happened if uh, otherwise. But, um, yeah, definitely this feels like, you know, the question mark about him, whether he's going to do it sooner, sooner or later one day, He's definitely big and yeah, tennis wise he, he has what it takes, but you know, when you mentally keeps keeps wasting this opportunity, I you know, I start dubbing honestly. Mm. For example, this one was one to take.
1: Yeah, I mean this should have been a final and again I, I think that if he wins the Semi pretty easily, he would actually have a better shot at Sinner than uh, than Medvedev would. Then again, uh, yeah, you never know if you're going to see him deliver, but sort of like all in all, I guess it's still a tiny positive, this slam for Zverev. You know, he had some moments of absolutely like, you know, peak tennis, peak version of himself. He probably wasted too much time, just like Medvedev in the first few rounds, to sort of maybe later on um, produce, let's say maybe in the final, he's 120%. But then again, you know, for a large chunk of that Medvedev match, he was actually still fine physically, and and maybe even until the very end, honestly, he, he more yeah. so lost it mentally than than physically for sure. And um, yeah, it, there, there is a there is definitely that that worrying thing for him about that inability to step up in the crucial moment and how he just tends to yeah crawl back into his shell. And despite there being like no technical error flaws really in his forehand, it's just something that he's never really believed in for whatever reason. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I feel also it like,
0: you know, also tennis-wise, if I go ahead and think, for example, at the French Open, the mm, you know, where Sinner and Medvedev maybe won't be as, as good as, you mm-hmm. know, as at the Australian Open, of US Open, and maybe, I don't know. So Zverev has been there in the semis for four straight years. But then still, I doubt him mentally, you know. So uh, potentially, for example, French Open is always a big opportunity for him, given you know that he's very solid on clay and the competition is maybe not as strong. Can, talking about how many players are legit contenders there, uh, but then you know I, I still really doubt him. <laughs> um, you know, last year was not really. Maybe he was he wasn't clearly ready. Uh, even if still it was you know pretty disappointing that semi final but overall you know r- right now i am even if i don't doubt him to go far then i still doubt him to you know to 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 get those couple of final wins last wins that he needs in those big matches especially if he, because even if he has the opportunity goes ahead, it still leaves you that same sense of uncertainty you know <laughs> Um, so, yeah, there are some tiny positives, but the picture is not really, you know, it's not feeling really good for me because then you get a, at some point that you have an opportunity and you kind of need to take it.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I do think that he will be looking at the French Open as a big opportunity for him, as he said, unless we suddenly get picking the DAO it is an open-ish slum for now, that's how it mm. seems. Of course, we'll see what happens in all the lead-ups. There's still so many months ahead of it, but uh, it is an open-ish slum and um, yeah, for him especially this might be, you know, the door, the door is closing on him a little bit and of course something that Medvedev has compared to the rest of his peers is that slum title and that's something that really changes the perspective here like the the, the pressure of Winning your first against the pressure of winning your second is a little different for sure. And even if he doesn't win that second one, which, as we said, uh, for Medvedev wouldn't really feel right, he still has won, you know. He still is in the history books or, or, or something. But but yeah, Zverev doesn't really make you feel that he was going to deliver in the final, even if theoretically yeah, it seems like that sort of just strictly on quality. He is not really far behind Medvedev and the other guys. But um, he definitely is in terms of actually delivering and stepping up when it comes to the crunch. And uh,
0: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington, and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group, void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: Yeah, let's also talk about Novak Djokovic, of course. Uh, I don't know if this is a moment to have a washed or not con- con- <laughs> in a conversation yet. Probably not. Uh, especially given that the guy won free of the last five slants. But, um, I mean, it was a bit of a weird event for Djokovic, for sure. The early struggles with the virus, which, of course, maybe influenced him later on. Who knows? But uh, as a whole, I guess his takeaway, and that's probably what our takeaway should be, as well, is that in the semifinal he had a pretty horrific showing in the first two sets. You know, it was the Zverev-Alcaraz yeah. match reverse, and it, it yeah. was really one of the weakest performances that Djokovic put in at a slam recently. I mean, I, I don't know what the reason for that was. I also don't want to take any credit away from Yannick because, again, like he was just exactly as good and doing exactly what he needed to do on that in that matchup on the day uh, again not sustaining his aggression not really going for broke and that was perfect uh but but certainly uh for for Djokovic that was a very disappointing performance now it, it takes away the pressure of the calendars <laughs> well, i'm joking of course but uh, i guess this is like just an opportunity for him to maybe focus on the goals that he finds most important this year, which is of course still adding this to the slam count, but I would assume the Olympics, like it might make them even important, even more important right now, because he's not going to be in that position as he was in 2021 when he yeah. enters the Olympics and he with, with three slams won and he has to win the next two events. He clearly falters a little bit because of that. So um I guess this is also maybe a little bit freeing to Novak. I don't know. I mean, I just I just don't think, like, I, I saw some people thinking that, like, he just basically is going too deep from now on. But I, I just don't think we have enough evidence to suggest that, given that two months ago, this guy was winning the finals, outplaying the yeah. two best youngsters of the new generation, like, easily. And also, of course, yeah, three of the last five slams, I mean, they still went to him. So if there's going to be that uh, dip, or there's going to be that decline already, I think I still have to see more of that in order to be convinced about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that we have at least, you know, to have, you know, c- a couple of straight majors uh, with, you know, this happening. Uh, even if maybe I I would even, you know, wait. Um, yeah, for sure, between French Open, Wimbledon, the Olympics, we are going to to, to have these answers. So for sure, I, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, uh, right to you know to say really much more than just that for sure the performance has been has been bad has it's been overall a weird event um you know never really playing a, a amazing matches yeah that's been of course that
1: yeah i mean I'm he played well with that like people people sometimes say and Djokovic fans tend to like just go on twitter right now and say no, okay no, 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 off no, 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 the no. entire event for right, example
0: like, uh, HV,
1: for example
0: no 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 those matches please? no 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 those matches were were good but you know um in my opinion, there was, you know, maybe those couple of first matches stuck into, you know, stuck into your head when you you also you also go ahead. I also feel that the Fritz match probably was uh, was really good, uh, even without facing those break because well, without converting these breakpoints, because Fritz was was playing really good on them. You know overall it was let's say a little bit on on ups and downs you know also considering the final performance against Sinner. Uh of course you know no credits to be taken away because in the end Sinner beat him three times in you know in the last you know three months of uh of a co- couple of months of competition so it's not like you know um we can take away you know the merits or of beating Djokovic in in Melbourne, but still it was a weird performance, Uh, especially, for example, I don't even say the first set, but especially the second set, you know, you would expect him, you know, uh, a pretty bad first set, basically giving it away uh, 6-1. You would expect him uh, a fast reaction, you know, in the second set, and it didn't happen, Uh, and that was, was very weird, that's for sure. Um, yeah, then basically he saved himself in the serve because Sinner got a bit tired, and also you know Djokovic with the serve uh, in the end of the third set, you know. Uh, but overall, it's been it's been a bad performance, especially for example, fourth set he was playing a little bit better than the first couple of sets, but for example gets broken from 4 love up. Um, so yeah, definitely you know. Not a run for the ages, but I will still say that uh, we have to see. Yeah, I agree that we have to see more. In my opinion, to to really, you know, take big conclusions uh, from that, for sure. Where that, you know, he hasn't really stepped up stepped up in on a big occasion, at the Grand Slam semifinal. But you know, I guess that. Um, as he approaches these late stages of of his career, we can maybe uh, see some you know ups and downs. Maybe he plays a great Wimbledon and wins it, and then maybe he's not able to do to do the same at the U.S. Open. You know, um, for me, still early to say you know he won't win any major again. <laughs> Let's say like this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I see John is in the chat uh, probably trying to. Uh, avoid having Oli tennis as an as an authority there <laughs> but anyway anyway um uh, yeah uh, so, so with Djokovic yeah I, I just don't think that um, him making the unforced error in the basically every third rally in the first two sets like this actually holds up statistically you know that's something that I guess can happen to you um an argument that I've seen sort of as well floating around from Djokovic fans is that it's actually easier to take a loss like this when you play horribly and than a loss when you like you know are basically at the best version of yourself and you still lose because someone outplayed (laughs) you and honestly maybe Cena would have won anyway who the hell knows but we just don't have that knowledge we we never got a match there with
0: yeah you know the thing is that it's not like he played bad and still lost let's say you know 6-4 in the fifth (laughs) you know um, maybe I would say more if it was I I would agree with that take if it was you know a close five set or something like that, you know, he was still so close to win uh, and yet he played, you know, horribly, uh, you know, in the end, it was kind of fair and square as as a loss. But yeah, uh, I can also agree it's in some way, you know, maybe it's even more painful to see, uh, you know, yourself playing super well and losing anyway.
1: Yeah, and Sean says that it's very hard to to do it. He has to find a guy who's gonna bottle bottle it more than himself. Well, that's not gonna be easy. Uh, yeah, and we, as I said, this is gonna be like a sped up version of the ATP weekly. So we basically, we have like five minutes left to talk about yeah. whatever relating to the Australian Open. Sean was Sean had a question earlier. Let's maybe talk about that. Is Fritz edging closer to a final run, time, or is he where he's always been?
0: I mean it's it's been definitely I think his his best slam run uh, because you know Wimbledon in 2022 ended in a very bad way um, because that that loss against Nadal was mm, yeah was was a was bad in my eyes and you know playing Djokovic at the US Open he wasn't he was never close to even making it you know a match um, so this time it was a great performance against Pass in the fourth round and then backing up with very good uh, first couple of sets against Djokovic, uh, picking of those break points, he saved the first 15, you know, it was definitely um, a good showing. Um, still, still, I don't know, because uh, even... Uh, yeah, even against Djokovic after the second set, then, um, for example, he's starting feeling a little bit. So, you know, I, I, I don't really know about a slam final. For sure, if he, if he, if he keeps up, you know, maybe he the, the draws open up and somehow someday we're we, you know, we're finding him in in a final. But right now, for me, it's looking a little a little bit difficult. Even if this has been, in my opinion, his best slam run so far
1: there's a question about dino prismich as well in the chat a uh, little random but why not <laughs> i do think that uh him like having a meteoric rise in the next couple of months that's not happening like i, I think there's still a lot of real issues with his game for the moment and especially in how he's going to be like just performing from match to match and maybe struggle to beat some worse opponents than him or like even worse or worse opponents than the guys that he's been able to push like Nova but yeah. of course yeah this was this was maybe more so a good performance sort of for the future for in terms of like his long-term prospects and how with uh, the right progress game-wise it's pretty clear that he has it mentally in him and it's pretty clear that he has uh, you know what it takes athletically obviously and then movement-wise but um, yeah, I, I think a meteoric rise from here. I don't think it's really gonna happen. I think it's gonna be a little slower than for a guy like Men'shi, for example. Which is more first and foremost a playstyle difference. Like it, it's nothing really that uh, he can uh, maybe avoid. Um, who else was was there in like the quarterfinals or something? Oh, Hubert Hoolbert. Has the, has the plan been done and been sort of fulfilled for the year? I mean, he got to number eight already in the ATB rankings. Yeah he made a, he made a deep run at a hardcore major he made a deep run at a major so he's like kind of done everything right is, is the pressure off for the rest of the game uh
0: well i uh, you know i i know that you you are also uh, a bit kidding because for example a pressure i w- may say for example this year that he he's starting well so why not you know uh, a goal should be, for example, a place in Turin as, you know, not an alternate, mm, yeah. you know. Um, he, it was last year, but last year, you know, there was, you know, basically the the good results came in the end. And so he was really late. Uh, this year started well with the quarterfinal at a major. So he should, uh, he should uh, have this as a goal. Mm, I, I think like that.
1: No, no, you're right. Um, ATP finals, Turin that's probably a very nice goal. I mean, the guy has en- ended like what the last three seasons, ranked number nine, basically. Yeah. So, or maybe number 10, one of them. Anyway, the last three seasons in the top 10. That, yeah, nine, fun.
0: ten, nine.
1: Yeah, nine, ten, nine because he was like 10 points behind Rune, right? In the, in the 2020 season, I think and um, so so yeah basically i think you're right that there's still that one thing and that thing of course it's something that sort of goes on throughout the year and you you have to just keep picking up points for it but as a whole uh also a bit of a missed opportunity right we'll, we'll remember this program as a bit of a missed opportunity for him because if you if you beat medvedev there in the yeah. fifth set in the fourth set i mean sorry no he, he had that comeback in the fourth set so in the fifth set uh, then you have Zverev in the sense and suddenly yeah, absolutely that becomes like a real threat to win the whole thing.
0: Yeah absolutely because then if you have to face him in the final well it's it's definitely tough. Uh so I yeah I agree. It, it feels like a little bit of, of a missed opportunity even, even if of course the you know overall it's it's a positive run that's for sure. Uh but but still yeah you you have this kind of you know you know you have this kind of feeling a little bit uh but yeah overall um let's say let's say for sure a positive slam run considering he's you know a first grand slam quarter final on on hard courts so um pretty weird for, for a guy like him but yeah so let's say positive and hopefully there will be a little bit uh you know more consistency in in the future, uh, in in slams, and then I don't know if we want to to close with you know last guys in the quarterfinals, even if uh, you know. I think Rupev, Alcaraz, I don't know. We, we, we yeah, because I.
1: Alcaraz, yeah.
0: I don't think Rublev does much to, to say about.
1: Uh... I, I guess with Rublev, we've covered it really. Like we, we've covered yeah, the exactly. ten quarterfinals time and time again. Again, it wasn't really his fault. That he lost, like, again, it's an opponent who basically seems kind of unwinnable for him at the moment already. Yeah, However, that's why. of course, 5-1, that was like the, the main moment, right? When I feel like it's always,
0: and... uh, if the draw opens up, you know, uh, yeah. I feel this is the only, you know, the, the main discourse about him. Mm, especially in majors, which is different from, from, you know, best of three when maybe your opponent has a bad day and you can just, you know...
1: And he's right been unlucky to, to, to have 10 yeah. grand quarterfinals and no opponent that's like, I don't want to say just rolls over for you, but no opponent which is like, yeah, I kind of have to beat this guy, because even when the two players yeah. like Thiago or Cilic were there, they still peaked on the day or... at that. Yes,
0: exactly. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. He has been a bit unlucky. And I guess, yeah, the final two minutes, let's just dedicate them to Carlos Alcaraz, then who, of course, made the quarters here, had a phenomenal peak performance against Milvich Ketsumanovic. And then, yeah, a Novak Djokovic-Yannick-Sinner type of story with a horrific couple of sets. He comes back into it. He poses some questions for sure just where he loses in the end. But, yeah, I guess not that much to worry about after all when it comes to Alcaraz.
0: No, no. I mean, for sure, he, he has to, let's say, um, maybe, you know, avoid this kind of of starts, especially in these matches. But, you know, it's pretty obvious to say. Uh, yeah, in the end, when, when we are talking about a guy like him, you know, it's difficult to really find big, big, big negatives, you know uh maybe he still can be a little you know more consistent mentally um, but overall yeah i would say that in in the end you know it's it's still the same guy that that beat Djokovic at wimbledon and pick jokovic more or less at wimbledon um so yeah, let's see at least how the season is playing out. Come on, let's say like this,
1: yeah, yeah, it was a very twenty year old performance, but yeah, well, he is twenty years, twenty years old, so at least it it wasn't a twenty year old performance from a thirty year old guy. Uh, but yeah, um we're gonna, as we said uh, as we said earlier, we're just gonna give way to the uh, WK weekly crew right now. I think it's Nick and Miles. And also, uh, guys, let's see in the see uh, just see it in the chat. Nurlan with a bold prediction: Rublev is winning Grand Garros. I'm gonna go bet my house on it right now. So um, perhaps by the time we're talking about uh, parties, we're I'm um, maybe gonna live on the street. Who you knows? Um, otherwise, <laughs> maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna you gonna will have ten place. houses. <laughs> maybe I will have ten houses, or maybe I will come to Turkey and live with Nudelman uh, because he's gonna put me into that mess. But anyway, uh, screenshot it and we're going to see what happens coming on gara But anyway, uh, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, again, sorry for the technical difficulties, but we still got a 55-minute show in, and uh, yeah, keep, make sure to tune into the WT Weekly where the guys will be basically discussing the WTE version of what we just did. So, you know, the post, yeah. the aftermath of your channel. Thank you.
0: Thank you. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe And click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.